Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. And very excited to be back this week with an interview with Emmanuel LaRoche. Before I get into that, a few things. First and foremost, every Monday I put out a newsletter called Prep List Items. This is sent out to everyone subscribed to the newsletter list. And basically what it is, is it's a two to three minute read on information I've found valuable and I find valuable throughout the week uh, in regards to the restaurant industry statistics, um, different, uh, I guess, like articles to do different things, gear links, everything you can kind of think about that I find interesting throughout the week, I put into this two to three minute read. It goes out every Monday. And right now we are at a 70% open rate, which shows me that people subscribe really enjoy it. So go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email at the top of the page, hit subscribe, and you will get this email every Monday. It's prepless items. It's one of my favorite things I do each week. And I really enjoy it because it's a way for me to communicate to you what I find interesting every Monday. So go check it out. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. All I ask for is an honest review. It helps me get more traction. It helps me get noticed more in the podcasting community in regards to the algorithms and what it sends out to other people. So if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify, it would mean a ton. Please do that after listening to the episode. All right. So before we get into this podcast, I just want to say a quick warning that I will sound very nasally in this podcast. I was fighting off a sinus infection while recording with Emmanuel. So please forgive my... Uh, I guess not 100% sounding voice. That being said, my guest today is Emmanuel LaRoche. He was born and raised in France and is the VP of Marketing with Simrise North America, a global, global manufacturer of flavors for the food and beverage industry. In 2015, Emmanuel developed an exclusive partnership with Star Chefs for Simrise and began moderating panel discussions with successful culinary professionals. In 2018, he launched the popular podcast, Flavors Unknown, featuring a series of conversations with acclaimed and award-winning chefs, pastry chefs, and mixologists from around the United States. Emmanuel lives in New Jersey and travels around the country conducting tastings and giving lectures and presentations on food and consumer trends. He also is an author, and he has recently, within the last few months, published the book Conversations Behind the Kitchen Door, 50 American Chefs Chart Today's Food Culture. And I will just start out by saying thank you, Emmanuel, for sending me a copy I did read the whole thing and I absolutely loved it. I really recommend this book for anyone in the industry for a couple of reasons. When I read this, I felt very much at home. Uh, You don't really get a lot of books where you get a bunch of different chefs in the industry right now that are current talking about topics that are current in the industry. You know, you obviously get a lot of biographies and autobiographies and food, or you get books about certain aspects of the food world. But to have a book where people are interviewed and then, you know, they're interviewed on the same set of topics and then shared across uh, a book I think is very interesting, or at least weaving all of their different, um, I, would, I guess you would say all their different opinions, all their different voices into a book I thought was very fascinating. And I really, really did enjoy it. I, I want to say thank you to Emmanuel for writing it. I will be putting the link to buy to where you can buy the book in the podcast description. That's where it will live, so you can go and buy the book. But I really suggest it if you're in the industry, if you've been in the industry, and, or if you just like food in general, because it really is an awesome book, and I think Emmanuel did a really great job. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Emmanuel, for coming on. Be sure to buy his book, and here we go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, Emmanuel, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, Ray, for having me. I'm very excited to be, uh, you know, on your show. Of course, yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, if you don't mind uh, introducing yourself first, that'd be great. Sure. So, I mean, you can tell from... Uh, my name and my um, little accent that I'm not from mm-hmm. Jersey. <laughs> I grew up in um, in France, um, and in fact, I moved to uh, Jersey uh, 20 years ago. So I've been in the U.S. Uh, been 20 years. So I'm French and American now. Um, but uh, yeah, so background: uh, grew up in, um, born in Versailles near uh, Paris. Uh, spent my time until end of high school. And then I had the chance to move to the south of France, uh, near Nice, so on the French Riviera. Uh, I did all my um, study there. I have a, a, a Master of Chemistry and then an MBA in Marketing. So um, I'm not a chef. Um, I had an uncle that has a restaurant and a chef in a, in a, a hotel in, um, in France. Uh, he passed away when I was young, but uh, I still remember the time you know that I spent with him and uh, that, that was always something that I, I loved. Anyhow, I love food. Um, and I decided, in fact, to uh, that my chemistry and my business would get me to uh, an in- interesting industry. Uh, it's uh, called the flavors, uh, the flavor industry. It's not very well known, but uh, like um, I would say behind every product that you can buy uh, on the grocery store, you know, or even, you know, dishes in food service, there is a company that manufacture flavors and seasonings that contribute to uh, the taste. And that's how I started. I fell in love with that industry. I'm still in that industry today. I'm in charge of marketing for a company that manufacture, you know, flavor and, and, uh, and seasoning. So nice. moved to the U.S. Uh, 2002 and uh, I've been in New Jersey since. And um, I spend my time, you know, Traveling, I'm I'm very lucky that I travel a lot for my job, and then as well I love to travel for, you know, um, leisure. And uh, I've been in a lot of uh, part of the of the U.S. and I discovered, you know, uh, the great food uh, throughout the different states. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. What uh, it's interesting. I'm also in a food uh, development role. I do more so research and development um, mm-hmm. for. A company. So I was originally in kitchens and then went to there. Do you find it interesting how many chefs, like I meet a lot of people that maybe are tired of kitchens and want to do something else. And I know like yeah. so many that I meet would be so good in those roles yet don't really know they exist. Do you find that you meet a lot of people in the food world that are cooking that would be good in those other parts of the area of the companies? Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's, yeah, I don't know. I think nowadays there's so many options for someone who is passionate about food, uh, you know, to um, uh, express their um, creative mindsets and personality, you know, in uh, in um, in the industry beyond being a chef like at a restaurant um, mm-hmm. and being a chef in a, a research and development, um, you know, team at a, a food company or a food ingredient company like, uh, you know, mine. Um, it's it's a great um, opportunity, especially for. Uh, I see a lot of the chefs that maybe a later stage in life that want to have a more regular job, maybe a more regular income. That maybe suddenly they want to, um, you know, they want to build a family. 
uh, and have a family. So uh, I don't want to say it's more like a nine to five job because it's not really the case, but it's definitely uh, more regular hours, you know, than have working in a restaurant. So, but the, 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 I think that the creative aspects that uh, the chef have the discipline, uh, the, the way that they have the possibility to um, um, use, you know, ingredients, uh, create very detailed recipes and being able to replicate, you know, those recipes are all of those skills that could be leveraged, you know, in a, in a research and development team, you know, at the food company or the food ingredient company. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, good to hear. Cool. So obviously the reason why you're on this show right now is a, a book you wrote. Um, it's called Conversations Behind the Kitchen Door, 50 American Chefs Chart Today's Food Culture. And so first off, I just want to say thank you for sending me a copy. I'm holding it right now. You're I welcome. did read through it. I really do enjoy it. Thank I will you. recommend it to anyone listening to the show and obviously put links in the description. But to start out, what made you want to write a book? It's a big task. I've never done it, but I know of people who have, and I know it's a lot of work. So what made you go down this path of writing a book? Yeah. So uh, before I go into the book, I have to talk two seconds about the podcast because the okay. book is, you know, somehow structure around the podcast. So uh, I, like yourself, I'm a, I'm a host of a podcast called uh, Flavors Unknown that I started in um, the fall of 2018. Um, and it's really the idea of celebrating um, uh, acclaimed chefs, pastry chefs and mixologists from around the country. Um, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people that follow and listen to the podcast, they follow me on Instagram at, you know, flavorsunknown.com. Uh, sorry, Flavors Unknown. Flavorsunknown.com being the site, and then uh, they, uh, yeah, I love of I love having conversations and you know message you know uh, with them, and um, a lot of them said, hey, you have great content, you interview a lot of great chefs uh, around the country. It would mm-hmm. be good to uh, maybe uh, publish a book and write a book, and um, as you just said, yeah, wow, you know that's that's a different task, and uh, you know I've done a lot of. Uh, article writing, you know, for my job, but writing a book is something different. So um, I have to say that the pandemic was the right timing for me because I I started to really thinking about the book just before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit and I had a lot of time in my hands. You know, I was staying home. I was not traveling for for my business. So uh, that's why I decided to tackle and I wrote the manuscript in the 22 months from you know, 2020 to, to February, 2022. And um, yeah, so I, I thought there was enough content and then enough of my own experience of traveling in the country. Um, I, I do about, I would say, 60 to 70 tasting a year uh, uh, around the country. And I met fantastic individuals. Some of them became, you know, good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that I had enough to talk about what is like the the food culture you know in the US and i have to say for the little story that um i've so many and many times heard from my friends and family in france like asking me why are you writing or having something about you know a, a podcast around food because in america they only eat like hot dogs and burgers and pizzas <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's enough. I, I need really to put something in writing to celebrate, you know, the, the great food that I experienced in the 20 
years that I'm, you know, I live in this country. So, awesome. so that's, that was the, that, that, that was the, the, the beginning of the, the, the whole, uh, writing the book, uh, adventure. <laughs> Perfect. No, it's good to hear. So looking into the, um, chapters, one of my favorites that I mentioned before we started recording, I guess first I'll just name the chapters off. There's seven of them. There's the making of a chef, the flavor memory database, farmers foraging and roadside riches, a mosaic of cultures, creative decisions beyond French techniques, and then the kitchen as a metaphor for life. And one of my favorites was the flavor memory database. I thought it was really awesome you talking to all these chefs and highlighting like childhood stories or like what inspired them, you know, those deep memories, those deep uh, recollections that made them cook the way they cooked. I, I thought it was such a important chapter because it really dived, dove into, you know, what it means to be a chef and how we draw an inspiration, not just from day to day, but from our entire upbringing and the amalgamation of how we've lived life. So what made you decide to do a whole chapter on the flavor memory database? Because I think it's so creative. I think it's interesting and you don't really get to see that a lot in books. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I think it comes from my curiosity um, when I go to a restaurant and I always look at you know, the menu and I always pick like a dish or a drink, um, you know, from the cocktail menu that is going to intrigue me because I, I never seen maybe that combination of taste and flavors and intrigues me. And right away, I've always this idea that comes to mind and said, how have they came, come up with, you know, these things? Where is it coming from? And I always want to talk to the chef or the mixologist and say, you know, what's behind it? What, where, where was the inspiration, you know, for this specific dish that drinks? And, and uh, I have always that conversation with them on the podcast, trying to understand sources of inspiration. And I always take, try to take like a dish or a drink and say, hey, explain to me, walk me through like the creative process. And, so, and I think because I have this maybe scientific background with my chemistry, you know, background, I, I like to try to create a model to try to understand. So maybe some people will say that, you know, that I'm intellectualizing, you know, the approach. But for me, it was like, okay, this is their brain. And what was the different situation that put them, you know, memorize certain, you know, food and certain ingredients, certain associations, certain textures, certain temperature situation. Mm -hmm. So what were exposed to in order to memorize this? And then after that is that, okay, I can memorize that as well. But the difference that those people have compared to me is they have that geniuses to when suddenly there's going to have a spark that is going to be, I don't know, it could be, uh, you know, seeing like a produce at the market or, you know, looking at uh, um, at an art, you know, in a museum or a conversation that they are having or whatever it is, there is some series of spark that are going suddenly to make them uh, translating those memories into like a dish and into like, you know, um, a cocktail or a dessert. And that's what fascinated me. So I wanted to write a, a chapter around this mechanism uh, of, you know, wh what are your sources of inspiration? How do you memorize it? And I, I use as well some example of my own experience of my childhood in France or growing up in France and traveling in different countries and the exposure that I had. Because traveling is a big source of inspiration for chefs and, you know, to, to uh, memorize things. And I have to say that the expression, the flavor memory database, 
is not from me. It comes from one of the conversation that I had with Chef Johnny Sparrow from uh, you know Reverie and uh, and other restaurants in in Washington D.C. Um, and I said I love that expression of the flavor the flavor database that um, so I, I use and tweak I tweak it a little bit, but I use it as a title. Awesome. No, it's good to hear. Yeah, I really you talked about traveling. The next point I was going to bring up is in that chapter you talked to Jamie Bissonette. And he mm-hmm. goes into a deep dive into just different types of honey he experienced. And it was just so cool to see like a chef like uh, Chef Jamie go into different types of honeys where it's from. Like honey is like so commoditized, but in other cultures, it's obviously very special and it's very unique yeah. to different regions. So just to see like what inspired him in that moment wasn't anything crazy, but just the fact that there existed more than one type of honey and how you kind of dove in on that and wrote that down, I thought was very interesting. Sure. And I think the, the, what was interesting in this story of the honey, because it took place in a very specific part of the world. And I think that what makes it so special as well is the connection with the product to um, the location and as well the people living there. And I think, you know, there's always a story uh, behind the ingredients. There's the story of a culture, there's a story of a country, there's a story of like the people living there. And I think like Jamie um, always um, have great story to tell, you know, about that type of things. So yeah, uh, it's a great guy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, you're going about writing this book and I noticed, and I thought of this a lot, you must take really good notes. What is your process like to remember all this? Are you all constantly writing stuff down? I mean, you're able to draw on it right now in conversation. So it seems like you have a very excellent memory as well, but how are you getting all this information from these chefs? Like, was like, did you, cause it seems like some of these conversations happened before maybe the book had started and obviously sure. a lot of them did during it, but how do you kind of keep these conversations in your head and how do you like just keep track of all, of all the direct quotes and everything? So, um, uh-huh, you want the secret sauce here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but you know, um, uh, a lot of this is connect are connected to, um, to, you know, to the conversation on the podcast. So what I did mm-hmm is um, I, I spend the time to uh, do, uh, um, you know, a transcript of like the recording of the podcast. Um, and I, uh, it was a fun, a fun approach uh, for the little story is, um, you know, one of my brother in France um, thought that my idea was really cool. And he said, hey, you know, I can help you if you want. The problem is he doesn't really speak English, but he helped me in a way of bouncing idea of each other. So off of each other. So I, I, I did the, I, I took the transcript, I translated some of them in French that I sent to him. And then the idea is like both of us, we really look at, okay, so from all though that content, what are like the, the key learnings or, you know, how am I going to structure a bo- the book? And, and, um, and then I, when I found the structure of the book, then I went back and I'm like, now what are like the great quotes that you are talking about well i like the great story that are the best illustrating what i want to say in that chapter so that's how i did it and then for certain chapters like you're talking about the mosaic of sculpture for of culture that we talked um before the the recording here um i i went back to those chefs and i say hey uh chef uh, masako morishita or chef uh, fermin nunes or carlo la magna in, you know one in portland austin uh, in washington dc um, Chef uh, Eric Ramirez in uh, in uh, New York. Um, I I'm writing a chapter, but I need more 
content um, and are you okay if we do uh, a, like a deep dive, um, you know, on certain parts and so on. So I did additional conversation and recording, you know, with them. I always record. So mm-hmm. then after that, it's easy for me to take the audio and then go into a transcript. And then after that, I can, I can really, um, you know, go back to, so I, I don't really take a lot of notes. I, I really do a lot of recording that helps. Mm-hmm. Technology helps. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to know. Uh, going into the one chapter called beyond French techniques, you have a conversation with a couple different chefs on yeah. uh, the difference or the, what's more important uh, creativity or technique and very fascinating kind of the different aspects. Actually, Andre Natera, who is quoted in the book, was on the podcast a few weeks yeah. ago talking about yeah, chat GPT. To it. Yeah. So um, yeah. it was cool to have him on and then literally see. Yeah, him we talk about you. I had I had lunch with him um, two weeks ago, so I, we talked. Oh, about nice. <laughs> Hopefully, good things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but um, so going into. I get like what the chefs were saying, like technique versus creativity, you know, the argument for creativity being easy sure. to push boundaries, but if you don't have technique, then you're not executing anything. Yep. Obviously exactly. the, the easy answer is to have both in balance, but for you, did one or the other really like stand out in regards to technique or creativity being more important to chefs? So I, it, it's difficult because yes, the answer is to have both, but, but the idea is, I think that listening to all the chefs uh, that I had a conversation with is, I think that creativity alone probably is not going to get you very far. Um, it's that you need really to have the technique. Um, and now there's different way of acquiring the techniques. You know, you could go to culinary school, but you, you know, there's a lot of things on YouTube as well, but and and, and books, but. Um, you know, having these techniques is very important because that's the that's the technique that are going to help you to express your creativity. Um, and you can always fall back to techniques. Um, you know, it's very difficult to to only use creativity and and especially delivering something on a daily basis. So if especially if you have a restaurant where consistency is very important. Uh, and so on it's uh, doing this without technique is very difficult so that's what i would answer your question that's what i kind of got to i think and it kind of was a theme overall in a lot of the chapters was technique and yeah a lot of chefs talking about you know if they had learned a new dish or if they created a new dish how important uh prior experience it was for them to learn a certain technique so they could get to that point and so Mm -hmm. i think it's really cool too because i think What's nice about the book is you talk to the same group of chefs over different topics. So as you're yep. going through the book, you can kind of see themes and how different people are with regards and with respect to how they see food, how they see managing your kitchen and whatnot. So I found that very fascinating. Talking about trends, talking about themes, obviously you we're writing this during the pandemic and you know things changed a lot in the restaurant industry, but... You know, there's been a, I think there's been a lot of negativity towards restaurants, uh, and I think some of it deserved, some not deserved. Uh, more so, like the, the how hard it is to work in restaurants, maybe how broken the industry was. Looking at fine dining a little bit, and maybe how that wasn't the best for a lot of people in the industry. And I feel like I've left the pandemic era knowing that COVID's still out there, but the the worst of the pandemic, at least. 
feeling like a mix. Like I can't really get a great grasp on my audience. I'm like, obviously a lot of people who listen to the show are in the restaurant industry. And, but I feel like there's not as much love as there was, or there is that love, but it's kind of been marred by the pandemic and kind of how everything's shaked out and just the realization that maybe some parts of the restaurant industry aren't that great for the workers within it. What do you see and how do you like feel the, I guess, mood or the atmosphere is towards restaurants having written this book and finished it and gone through the worst of the pandemic? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, the, the feel I think is that, um, so first of all, I, I believe that people want like consumer, like really are ready to go back, you know, to a restaurant and experience, um, you know, restaurants. I think that they, they, they have enough of, um, you know, like doing things at home and so on. I mean, there's, it, it changed their behavior definitely, but the idea of going back out, I think it's something important. So there is there is a need and a place for hospitality because you know consumers you know want it. Um, I think that uh, what I, I feel a little uh, frustrating is that people are, don't have the patience um, anymore, and um, I think people need to keep in mind that because of what happened in the pandemic. At the moment, restaurants are a little weakened in terms of, you know, their their workforce. Uh, a lot, of, as you just mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of people that work left completely, you know, the, the, the industry uh, uh, at the time of the pandemic. And they are not coming back to the industry. They decided to do something else and, and maybe have a better work-life balance. So they are not coming back. But for the others, I think that, you know, the consumers need to have um like more patience um and and support the um you know the industry and the people that are working you know at at restaurants because it's a as you said it's a tough job uh it's difficult um and a lot of the people that are dining in the restaurants will not have um i would say not only the skills but um being strong enough to resist you know like the hard work um, of working at the restaurant. So I, I think that I, I always like, I don't know because it's the age and so on, but I like to step back a little bit and look at throughout history. And, uh, you know, when you see that history, it's always like a cycle. It's a cyclical thing. Um, you know, um, I, I remember that at the time of the pandemic, we said that that's it. That's the end of uh, fine dining. Um I don't think that's the case. Um, if you look back in history, you can see that, uh, you know, during like in Europe, like World War II and so on, that was, of course, dramatic for restaurants. But uh, the, the the business of restaurants bloomed, you know, after that even, even more. So I think that it's all about cycle. So I think that we will go back. Um, I don't think like the whole story with Noma that that's the end of like fine dining. I think this is like a marketing pitch that the guy is doing. Um, you know, I think his model is very different, different. And then, you know, um, working with people that you don't pay, I don't think this is sustainable. Yes. But if it's the case, close your restaurant now, not at the end of 2024, uh, you know, it's, you just want <laughs> yeah. booking. Uh, so I, I, I think that's, um, you know, it's. Um, I, I think that's the the, the restaurant is. Uh, yes, it's a it's a tough job, but uh, if if you are passionate about it, 
um, I think that um, there's still, you know, opportunities there. So yeah, I I agree too, and I think it was very cool to see like a lot of the chefs. Just reading about them, you could tell that it was more than just food. I mean, a lot of the themes in the book too were chefs talking about their team and think very mm-hmm. being very cognizant of other people in the kitchen. And I think that I, yeah, it's good. Too. I think that has changed definitely. I mean, I've seen it, and especially you know younger generation of chef, I've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, the spirit of collaboration, uh, like um, you know, like respect, um, respect of the product, respect of the people. Um, there's more and more talking about the chef now. When I have um, you know um, um, conversations for the podcasts, where they are cognizant of the work-life balance, um, having you know, um, you, you see restaurant not being open as many days a week. Uh, and for for some of them, it is linked about the fact that they want to give their employees, you know, like two days off and and so on. So there's much more of this in in the mindset that you know I would say prior to the pandemic. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that as well. Is there anything in the book that you maybe it was like something? I guess what was your favorite chapter to write, or what was your favorite? A section that you like just really maybe it was something that surprised you and how much you enjoyed it was there a part of the book that just like you really have a fond memory of writing that maybe just for whatever reason there's a story behind it or you sure. just weren't really i sure? think that yeah i mean there's two two chapters that uh really were interesting and for different reasons um one is the the one that you mentioned the flavor <clears throat> memory database because um <clears throat> sorry <Yeah. clears throat> he it it helped. I had to really go back into um, some my own personal stories. So it was nice for me to express some of the um, experience that the chef had and trying to do um, a comparison of things that I've experienced. So I, I mentioned, for instance, my first discovery of uh, taste, um, of tasting like white truffle, for instance, with my one of my former boss in, in France. Um, or um, an experience when I was a kid, you know, uh, uh, in the northeast part of France near Alsace, where in fact I I remember at that time when I was maybe eight years old, you know, going and uh, um, and collecting like the the fresh milk and the the, the fresh cream from the farm, um, you know, all of that. So it, it was nice to go back to it. Um, there was some memory doing some foraging with my dad. Uh, my dad passed away when I was very young, when I was 12 years old. So mm-hmm. I, I have very like memory of uh, doing things with him that are connected to food. So I, I thought that it found like its place, you know, in in the book. So be- because of those personal story, I think I like to, you know, writing that that part. It was difficult to put me in that book, but you know, I think I, I hopefully success, su- uh, you know, was successful at it. And then um, the other one is the uh, the mosaic of culture, because I, I I really love the whole um, uh, evolution of the food culture in the U.S. linked to the history of um, immigration, uh, and I think this is not. I mean, maybe because I'm an immigrant, some some sort as well. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to learn more uh, about this, so I spent the time to do a lot of research with at um, the um, New York Public Library, 
uh, to make sure that I was not saying anything stupid when it comes to the story of, uh, you know, the history of immigration. Um, so the whole research um, phase um, was very, very exciting, you know, for me. So uh, and and thinking about me being a tourist, you know, when I came to America and then visiting the the New York Public Library, which is kind of a, um, you know, um, very important uh, monument, you know, in uh, in Manhattan. And then suddenly now I was there, but I was there doing some research. And then that was part of the, the way how I was working my book. Uh, that was something very exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, so that so good. that's, uh, yeah. So I, I love that chapter, the mosaic of culture. Yeah. Perfect. So, you know, coming on near the end of our conversation, obviously a lot of people in industry listen to this podcast and I would recommend anyone in industry to go check it out. I loved it, you know, being in kitchens. Like, it was just such a fun read. It's like, you don't often get a place where, like, your conversations were very much like, it, like you're talking to people in the food industry about topics in the industry, whereas yeah. a lot of books on chefs, they're about one chef and their entire life, or it's about things that really aren't related to the kitchen work itself. So I really, like, recommend it. What's your message to people that are in the food industry right now listening in regards to where the industry is at or kind of anything you want to say to them. I think, you know, you've spent the last few years kind of writing a book that elevates their profession. What is your message to them? So I'm going to use like um, uh, a quote from uh, one of the chefs that I recently interviewed uh, in Miami. His name is Brad Kilgore from the restaurant uh, Marigold. And he said the following, uh, he said, um, being a chef, it's a blue-collar job, but then can offer white-collar opportunities. And I think this is that summarizes really um, what this job is and could be about. So it's a blue-collar job because, as I said before, it's a hard job. Um, I am, um, you know, um, very, very humble, and I always go at the restaurants, and I always. Uh, admire, you know, uh, the work that is done. People go there, they have a good time, yes, but they need to spend a little bit more time to recognize and celebrate, you know, those individuals that one created something and then the one that are delivering it like day after day after day with the same level of quality. And I think that it takes a lot of special people, you know, to do that. So that's why I wanted to to celebrate this in the book. And then uh, I think it's, he mentioned like white collar opportunities because if you are really passionate about it, uh, you need to go. You, you cannot only stay behind your, you know, pots and pans, you know, in the kitchen. You need to uh, be courageous enough to bring yourself out there and being discovered. Uh, because if it's the case, then you have the possibility suddenly to maybe do partnership, maybe you can open your own restaurant, maybe you are, it could be on TV, maybe, you know, so there is some, um, you know, sponsorship or whatever, um, but there is um, other opportunity that comes, uh, that could come out of like being a chef, but you just need to um, make sure that you expose yourself because the white color, the white color opportunity are going to come if you are, Yes, you are putting yourself forward. So yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. No, no problem. Uh, I thought it was a great quote, and I'm like, I like that. I like that quote. <laughs> no, from, it, it from is a good quote. If you want to share uh, where people can find you, follow you, purchase the book, all that, now is the time. Sure, of course. So 
thank you for uh, um, inviting me to do so. So um, the my my um, website is called flavorsunknown.com. Uh, they can find all the you know the episodes. They can buy the book there. There's a tab for the book. If they buy directly from my um, uh, from my website, I will sign the book as well. And then I give one dollar uh, to uh, the Jose Andres um, Association of uh, the World Kitchen, World Central Kitchen. Um, and then uh, the, they can listen to the podcast. You know, it's flavors unknown. It's on any uh, podcast uh, channel like uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, and and all the others. So um, yeah, and then follow me on Instagram at uh, flavors unknown. Awesome, Emmanuel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ray, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Perfect. So. We- So there you have my interview with Emmanuel LaRoche. Thank you all again for listening this week on the podcast. Please go buy Conversations Behind the Kitchen Door. That's Conversations Behind the Kitchen Door by Emmanuel LaRoche. The link to the book is in the description of this episode. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a review. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave a review. And go to LineCookThoughts.com to subscribe to the Line Cook Thoughts newsletter called Prepless Items. It goes out every Monday. I really enjoy writing it, and I really enjoy talking to you all. Emmanuel, once again, thank you all so much for listening. Go listen to Flavor Flavors Unknown podcast. Go read the book. Go check out all things Emmanuel using the links in the description of this episode. And I will see you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast. Thank you.